Good evening. Just a quick content warning. We're going to have our normal closet ball jokey jokes, but we're also going to have some talk of immigrants and a talk of emotional trauma. So, viewer discretion is advised. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy listening to the Tokyo Closet Ball podcast. Even though it's literally the same music as everything else he does. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I know. Wait, I got two photos to show you. Okay. One silly one and one serious one. Okay. Just look at the group chat. I don't want to see photos of little Tatiana. No, it's not. It's not of me. It's of people. One is one is something about refugees, and one is a sexy ass. Oh, oh. I'm a refugee with a sexy ass. You're, you're oh, both we're already looking at <laughs> Tokyo Closet Ball Podcast Fun for one and all Loving life and standing tall Tokyo Closet Ball Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Tokyo Closet Ball Podcast. My name is Tatiana, and with me tonight, coming in with a mischievous grin, we have Mysterious. Hello, ladies and others. <laughs> but not the gentleman. No, 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 no. That's fine. So we're, we're starting off with a movie review. Yeah, that's right. A movie review of what is it, McSerious? Encanto. That's right, Encanto. Wow. It'll be great. For this, we have lots of special guests. Second, get first. It's going starting off great. We've got a whole family of nah, fuck that joke. We've got a whole bunch of guests tonight coming up with a five foot frame and Pokemon on her back. It's Lil Sprout. Hello, Lil Sprout. Welcome to the podcast this evening. I'm just a little sprout that has a five foot frame, about as tall as Camilo. <laughs> oh no. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm probably Bruno sized if we're being honest, but we don't talk about little sprouts Pokemon on their back or it's the Pokemon novellas that I secretly enact when I'm not on film. Also, we got the Tokyo Closet Ball Muscle Queen. I associate him with the smell of sweaty men. It's Lucas. Hey, yo, yo, yo. What's good? What's up? What's popping? Yes, I am a very evening? special guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I smell like. I've been working in the kitchen for the whole day. What were you making? Empanadas. Ooh, I've always wondered. Because you know, because you know a bitch broke. If I wanted to buy some empanadas, how could I do that? You can message me at lukehot.4 on Instagram. Excellent. Yes, we've had them before. They are delicious. Yes, it's like they are. Orgasm in your mouth, but a little bit less salty. Well, they are with a lot of love. <laughs> now, if I eat these epinatas, will they heal me magically? Um, they could. I mean, they'll make you happier. That's a way of healing. And they will heal your heart. They will oh. make you fat for sure. Mm-hmm. They'll heal your cold. Oh, yes, that's something we all need right now. 
And now opening his door to his first time in the podcast, he's getting his gift today. Antonio, welcome to the podcast, Antonio. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for inviting me. How are you this evening? Fine, I didn't have the chance to watch the movie, so you can ask me questions about that. I didn't like it, so I will have (gasps) all you can Please ask me to complain all because I like to complain about everything. So yeah. Here we celebrate diversity and dissenting opinions are totally valid. I'm loving this so far. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Except when you are in the presence of a Colombian. We might have to fight now. Oh. I'm so excited for this podcast now. <laughs> okay, well, so um if you get confused about names, there's a name list at the top and there's a song list at the top. Warm Introductions is finished. So, Mixerious, what was your first impression of the film? And if you were a magical child, what would your gift be? Okay, well, I think as we were talking about in our warm up, when I was first hearing about the movie and seeing teaser trailers, all I knew was that a magical house was involved because it's all they advertised a lot. It's like, look at the pretty magical house. And I was just like, I don't care about a magical house. Then I watched it and I was like, oh my God, it's not just about a magical house. It's about intergenerational trauma. And I love it. (laughs) I love trauma and I love healing from trauma. And well, what would you... well, let's just say my masochistic side loves certain things. Anyway, so if I was a magic, if I was a magical child, I don't know what my gift would be. Potentially, my gift would just be able to like do something ridiculous, like being able to hold my breath underwater infinitely, like a mermaid. That's it. Probably mm. something just not really that useful. But if you think about it, you know, if you drop your cell phone into the ocean, I can go get it. You know, that kind Ooh. of thing. And you could also date all the sexy mermaids and mermen. That's true. If they are canon and if all Disney movies are in canon with each other, I could. That's true. So there you go. That's my possibly my only magical gift. Mm, wonderful. Bill Sprout, what was your first impression of the film and what would be your gift? I didn't see so many teaser trailers. I was just like, oh, it's, it's going to be interesting. It, so the, the image, I, I listened to the soundtrack before um seeing the movie or much of the visuals so the the film that was built in my head and the actual film itself was very different um but still good uh if i had a magical it would be to be invisible oh that's a great choice i love it you can um you can watch children without them. No, that sounds creepy. No. It's already it's already <laughs> my superpower. I sneak up behind small children in the classroom all the time and they go, oh, surprised. You'd be, you'd be the surprised. perfect child caretaker. I love that power. Yes. <clears throat> you can Lucas. rob a bank and never teach a child again. Just saying. That, that is goals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lucas, what was your first Hi. impression? Uh, I actually, the movie didn't really come into my radar until like a month before it was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got really excited because it was about Columbia. But I didn't think it was going to include so many elements, like cultural elements and even like social issues, not just the generational trauma, but also like um, displacement and stuff like that. 
So um, when I watched it, and I still watch it, and I cry, like three thirds. No, that that would be a whole movie. Well, okay, I'll three thirds of the movie. You cried for three thirds of the movie. That's that's the perfect amount of crying. <laughs> what would your uh, power be? Um, I always like animals, like something to do with animals. But that's Friends already boyfriends. Hey. Um. Hey. I always try to choose like shape-shifting when I play fantasy games and things like that and so I want to combine the two of them I would combine shape-shifting and being able to talk to animals so I would shape-shift into animals mm-hmm. as opposed to people because little Mr. Um, Camilo is an impersonator not a shape-shifter uh, interesting yeah why would you want to turn into a different person right I already have trouble with myself Oh, to rob a bank. I feel like all of my solutions in life could be solved if I could shape shift into another person and just get the bank money and leave. (laughs) Just get the coin and leave. Mr. Antonio, what was your impression of this film? Uh, well, I didn't know about the film before today, so I just started watching it. And because, you know, I, I don't necessarily like watch like all the Disney movies. So it's just like, I thought this seems like another Disney movie and I wasn't wrong. It's, it was nice, but, uh, but he, uh, you know, that like, you can't expect what, everything that is going to happen. And I don't know, like, it seems like always Disney is trying to represent more and more countries in the, in the movies, which is fine, but why I, 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 I did more enjoy more when it was the first movies of Disney where they don't have any kind of setting or anything represented just like oh, it was a fantasy land full of dragons and knights but don't don't get offended look uh, Luca that's my opinion that's an interesting point of view and I'm really happy you're here to share that with us if you were to have a magic power what would it be without any doubt like uh, being able to make things big and uh, small like Ant-Man oh I would love to have that oh that's uh, great <clears throat> it's so fun to be able to like suddenly being small nobody sees you <laughs> you can have your own like house being full of small things or and you can go inside people and you get big and you make them explode from inside so fun I would oh love to have that I think there are certain websites where people um, write stories about that. I can I can send you the link later. Shh. All I want to also do- you could rob a bank. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like all of the solutions go to one area. We can just squat in people's houses. Oh, that's true. You could also just be like a little tiny uh, Arietti, like a little tiny like a little borrower. Yeah, just like borrow things all the oh. time. Yes, for my superpower, I was actually inspired by Dolores, and Dolores had a very powerful body part. So I thought I would love to be someone with a very powerful clitoris. And my job would be the town firefighter. I just go to the burning ba- building and go, psh. I do me. I wrote, I, I, wrote I don't out. think you would be able to move. I also don't think you could rob a bank with it. <laughs> I could rob um, the bank. Oh. I feel like you'd be cursing yourself to a lifetime of orgasms. <laughs> What's wrong with that? 
I feel like Lucas's soul has left his body. Dimitanga. Okay, okay. That's my one Dolores clitoris joke. No more clitoris jokes. I had to make the one and now they're gone. No more. Good. That's what most men say in the bedroom regarding the clitoris. <laughs> the ace in the hole makes the best sex joke. <laughs> um, Can't relate. <clears throat> so, a movie summary. The place is Columbia. The time is approximately 1950. 50 years after the Civil War, and it's in a magical realism style, which is um, a style specifically geared toward Colombian uh, dramas. So that's pretty cool. <clears throat> Item one, the first words we hear are, open your eyes. Uh, Abuela tells a five-year-old Mirabel about the magic of their casita. At age five, the house gives every child of the house a magic gift. I don't remember getting anything at five years old, though. You didn't get gifts at five years old? No. Ah. Uh, That's it's already fake news. <laughs> so it's already the movie. Maybe, maybe they're going, they were like, we want to have a quinceanera, but it, if we make them 15 and then time skip, everybody's going to be too old. So, uh. We'll, mm. we'll keep the five part and just drop the one. Boys don't mm. even get that. We don't even get a party. That's rude. Really? Like yeah. a clip of your quinceanera, Lucas. I want a quinceanera. Maybe we should have a closet bowl where it's my I'd, quinceanera. Let's have a quinceanera for you. We'll Thank have you. a quinceanera themed closet bowl. Yes, we'll be flamenco dancing. Wait, is that is flamenco Colombia or Spain? Very much Spain. Okay. Ask Shakira. She'll tell you what we dance. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm fake Colombian. So it's 10 years later, and we find a 15-year-old Mirabelle dressed up. What I really liked is some of the acting details. She takes a deep breath and says, make your family proud. Aww. So what are your first impressions of Mirabelle? I really liked her skirts. She has this beautiful stitching that we know she did herself because we saw a sewing machine in her room. And each uh, little design represents a member of her family. She's got a dumbbell, she's got a flower, she's got rain clouds. I thought that was a really cute thing. I didn't notice that actually, the little patches. I, I only noticed her name. Mm. I didn't notice the sewing machine i i thought she hand stitched everything because i know embroidery is pretty a big pretty big part of culture in a lot of south american countries right mm -hmm. yes so like they i and i also only got the explanation because the disney cast member doing mirabelle explained all the patches mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. there is no patch for bruno that's why her glasses are green oh i didn't notice oh. that cool learn something new every day Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was very interesting to go look at all behind the scene features of like different things like that. Like they put so much thought into her. My first impression of her was just like, oh, oh, she cute. Like that very basic. <laughs> I could just like, I, when she, baby Mirabelle, I want to adopt straight up. Aww. Like she's so cute. And then as she got older, 10 years, I was like, oh, she's still cute. Oh, baby. Like that's, that's basically my first impression of Mirabelle. Mm-hmm. She um, reminds me a little bit of Belle from Beauty and the Beast, how she's just sort of dancing through the town, like, oh, I'm just 
floating through life, very relaxed, very Belle-esque. And actually, I didn't have a very good impression of the first song. I thought it was a bit much at first. So we sing the song, The Family Madrigal, where they introduce nine different people. And I'm like, oh, this is just like Spider-Man 3 all over again. Too many characters. There's not enough time for all of them. This is going to be a terrible movie. Oh, no. But they, they, I think they gave a good enough time to all the characters, don't you? I know you ain't coming for No Way Out. I know you ain't coming at my new Spider-Boy. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I really enjoyed the opening number because they, they hooked with that accordion and that guitar. And this is why coffee is not for small children. And also the pacing of it. It's just so like upbeat and danceable and like the rhythm to it is so good. I think it set a nice mood to the movie in the beginning. It was, a, I don't know, even like now I'm dancing while I work out because it's just so good. Yeah, this but, is definitely on my workout mix. <laughs> yeah, um, it, set a, it set a tone, even though it was very upbeat. Um, like, I mean, of course you knew maybe Maybe not, but um, we learned that Mirabel doesn't have any powers from there. Yes, from the from those annoying children who are like, what are your gifts? What are your gifts? Oh, she kept avoiding it, like we do speaking about our feelings always. And of course, Dolores is the nosy one, like, oh, she didn't get one. Ooh. Yeah, a little town girl says, I think your gift is being in denial. <laughs> I love that. That is such a thing a little child would say, and I know because I teach them little shits, they would absolutely 110% say something like that. Yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, we meet the family Madrigal, and my favorite part is all the sexy dads. There are a lot of sexy dads in this movie. Like Felix is a good, you, like, supportive dad. You, you uh, like don't. overly swollen beasting dads? Yeah, the basting dad. He, he's, a, he's like a big himbo. What was his name? Augustine. Augustine. And for, and for some reason, he's wearing a suit and tie, but no one else in the village dresses like that. So I'm guessing we're supposed to know, we're supposed to understand that he's, uh, he's immigrated from somewhere else, maybe? I don't know. He works in the government of the town. I don't know. Oh, that's why he's such a nice person, because he works for the Colombian government. Yeah. I'm sure there's use for those hands. <laughs> um, Y'all. So after the big old song, we have the gift ceremony for young Antonio, who just turned five years old. And we have some uh, funny slapstick comedy. Um, I enjoyed the bee stings. Uh, Luisa Valet parking the donkeys was hilarious. Are donkeys a big part of uh, Colombian culture? Yes, they are. Actually, okay. I don't know if I can say this in uh, here, but let me know. Okay. Well, you can listen to it and then you can decide if you want to take it out or not. Um, actually, uh, men in the coast, like the coastal region of Colombia, um, when they're feeling very lonely, they go up and um, fuck some donkeys. Wow. And that's a very cultural thing. Oh, but that happens everywhere. I think even in the States, like, it happened the same in the countryside. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens back home in Eugene, Oregon. Like I heard there's a place where men would um, put a sheep's head through a, a fence and fuck it. And I thought it was such a great idea. So I put my head through the fence. And nobody came. <laughs> yeah, I was about to be that. Okay, well, I hope you're not listening to this uh, in a public place, anyone. <laughs> Abuela invited the entire town to this big event, this big ceremony, but this tradition is only about 16 years old. So do the village people know that this is a the, new thing? The ceremony's older than that because Mirabelle's 15, but everybody else also got a gift during the ceremony. Right. So and they're older than her. Yeah. So, so triplets got their gift, but that was I don't think they did, yeah. But then it wasn't until Dolores the oldest. Uh, Dolores and Isabel are both 21. That means they turned five 16 years ago. So I'm assuming that Abuela started this um, uh, ceremony at their age. Numbers! This is so great. This is why we're listening. Okay. <laughs> older than 16 years old. Also, I feel like, you know, it's it's part of their like little township stuff. Like, for sure, there has to be there a ceremony. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like, is that a grandmother thing? Like, if it's a Colombian grandmother who said, I want this to happen, uh, it's just going to happen, right? They're not going to fight her on that? No. We have, we're like a matriarch, mm -hmm. like society kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's one thing I noticed, like giving the speech, like why was grandma giving the speech for, um, for the Lantonio? I'm like, oh, it should have been about him. I, I will tell you in America, in Italian American families too, what Nona mm -hmm. says goes. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I grew up in uh, Oregon, so um, when I was hanging out with my grandma, I had my grandma's rules, but at home, my mother made the rules, so if my mother said something, it would definitely supersede what my grandmother wanted. We were very individualistic like that. For Kentuckians, like, we don't believe that the grandmother's the, the, the absolute head, but if, if she says a suggestion, it's not a suggestion, and we do it, so I don't know. <laughs> So anyway, we're meeting the family and we meet the young boy under his bed. He and Mirabelle have this sweet moment together. Antonio says, what if I don't get a gift? And Mirabelle says, well, you'll stay here in the nursery with me and I'll have you all to myself. Aww. I think she wouldn't want anybody to like feel the same way that she did. So she was trying to be very encouraging, like, uh, uh, what's the word? Shielding him from like that pain that she's feeling. Mm -hmm. Some people will go through trauma and then they make it everyone else's problem. Mm -hmm. that sense. And then there are people who go through trauma and then, like Lucas said, they try to like prevent that from happening to another person. Mm -hmm. And the thing about her is when she went through her experience, nobody really was there to know like what to do about that there was no nobody to really catch her and tell her you know it's going to be fine it's going to be okay like no matter what happens and since she says that to Antonio he knows it's true because it's coming from her and you get the idea that like there's a lot of trust and love there 
And if it were me and my family didn't give me a damn room after I didn't get my magical gifts, <laughs> let me tell you, I'd make it everybody's problem. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's a great uh, parallel because let's think of an example. Like if you grow up queer, maybe you're the only person in your family that who is that way. And you might be, sometimes you'll have a cousin or a sibling be like, I think I might be the same. What's going to happen to me? And then you have to talk to them on a level that the other family members just aren't able to speak to, you know? That, not backstory, but um, just going on that. My cousin came out like, what, six or seven years before me. She's mm. younger than me. Um, and the whole family kind of ridiculed her and made fun of her. So it made me really afraid to actually do it myself probably why it took me so long and it i mean they accepted her in the end but it kind of feels fucked up that when i did it um everybody was like yeah it's fine my grandmother was like you should still love him he's your son like he hasn't changed and even with the whole drag thing like it's still him blah 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 blah. so like my mom changed her point of view a lot because of my grandmother uh thank you abuela yeah, I know for me, my aunt, my father's sister, came out as bisexual. And what happened? My grandma and grandpa just didn't talk to her for like 10 years. And I'm like, ooh, that makes me a little bit nervous about coming out to my mom and dad. But luckily, as my grandparents were dying, they let my aunt back into their life. So, hey, sometimes you just need to wait for them to start dying. That sounded sweeter in my head. I'm sorry if it brought the mood down. Who else wants to share personal trauma? The song list is a little weird because uh, Columbia Me Encanto is actually played during this time. Yeah, the party song, isn't it? It's played here and it's also played at the ending. Mm. Um, but it cuts off here as they're taking the picture before Mirabelle sings Waiting for a Miracle. Mm. And I've totally been there. I've been in groups who are like, let's take a group photo. And I was the one person not invited in the group photo. It's so I every group photo. Oh. That's why that's I why photo I bomb every photo. That's why I try so hard to make sure everyone's uh, included in the closet ball photo at the end. That's why there's a lot of closet ball photos audience members will take where I'm behind them going. I love it. Hmm. But yeah, Antonio gets his room and his magic power is talking to animals and convincing mm -hmm. not to eat the um, family members. Like, what is that cat? A jaguar? What, what kind of it's a leopard. The leopard. Like, are those jaguar leopard? They have them. Like, I'm I'm from Oregon. We have like bears walk into the city. Is there ever like leopard warnings in in Colombia? Never. Well, now where I'm from, I live in the city. Uh, uh, and even my mom lives in the mountains. Uh, I think the worst thing is like wild horses, maybe, or like just cows. But that's it. <clears throat> Mm. yeah so his gift it was very cute that like Mirabelle kind of almost seemed like it to me I have a weird fan theory but I think mm. like Mirabelle gifted him the gift does that make sense because she gave him Ooh. his stuffed leopard 
And mm. I was just like, I wonder if like she made that happen for him to an extent. And that's the way it is in most families. Like you have to be the thing that your family needs. Like, I don't know, maybe one person is very um, emotional. You need someone a little more stable. Or maybe you have someone who's really good at numbers and one who's very good at emotions one who's good at organizing and one who arrives late all the time moving on Me. moving on wait but that's all latin people <laughs> all on brown people time <laughs> yes the most unrealistic thing is that they started that party on time Actually, no, it was like daytime when it started. It was dead at night when they opened the door. So that actually does track. It makes sense. <laughs> it was definitely past Antonio's bedtime. Uh, but then we have the I Want song, Waiting on a Miracle. I think that um, Mirabelle, she secretly wanted Antonio to not have a power. So she wanted someone like her. I don't know that she was jealous given her reaction and body language during everything um because if you watch her reactions during it she does look slightly surprised and then a little disappointed that she is the only one that's happened to but she also looks really relieved mm. um so i'm not sure it's so much she's jealous so much as she wants to feel included. She's being othered by not them not noticing she's not. Her parents don't notice she's not in the photo. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. I, I point out I was re-watching it and there's some uh, nods because after the the reason waiting on a miracle ends is because the casita starts to break. Mm -hmm. Um so as Mirabelle goes in, she's like calling this emergency and they all come out and she's like, I saw magic fading. Um, Abuela's like, you know, back to the party and starts playing, like calls for music. So mm -hmm. Lisa comes over with a piano. And if you look at her, she looks really like kind of panicked, not because she's trying to cover like Abuela is. Abuela's trying to pull the, nope, nothing to see here, folks. Luisa, you know, she's later like, oh, when you said that, I, I did feel weak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. And so she's feeling that. Also, mm -hmm. there's, we get to see the butterfly tiles in the, in the common area better. Butterfly tiles, and I really love that sweet moment with Julieta and Mirabelle. Like, it was just, actually, did you see that little nook? Like, uh, Abuela looked at uh, Mirabelle's mom, and she's like, Ugh, you take care of this kind of a very dismissive look but Julieta had this blur gen, gen, gentle genuine mom feel to her and yeah that was that was kind of strange to me like if that were my mom and my grandma my mom would have stand up and like fought on my behalf but seeing because the grandmother is the top person in the family we don't really have that <laughs> in this movie it's not in tech in terms of parentified, but I do feel like Julieta does have that like need to fix the things or like smooth over things. Like she was telling her mom earlier, like, don't be hard on her. This is going to be tough for her no matter the outcome, no matter how it goes, if it goes positive mm -hmm. or negative. Mm -hmm. And 
she's like, you're always so hard on her. And then at the, at the bottom, she's at the, the, you know, downstairs in the kitchen, you know, she's, she's trying to like heal her daughter. Like she can't heal not just the hand, but she's trying very hard to like also make her understand that I care about you. Mm-hmm. And I want you to be a part of this family. Uh, there was like an undertone though of like, we gotta get along. We are family, which means that you mm-hmm. gotta just you gotta just take this. And I was just like, oh, this feels like Thanksgiving. Like, <laughs> like, it's like uh, yeah, like the peacekeeper of the family. They're like, let's not fight. Let's all get along. Oh, hey, let's. I might stand up to you a little bit, but not enough to actually make some actual change. Sometimes you want to see people do more, but when it's family, it's hard because you also understand that like you love them and you don't want to fight with them to a certain extent at the same time so i get it i do and it just it like it hits that it hits that part of like ah oh, this is relatable that that kind of thing mm-hmm. gets to the point of foundation which we'll get to later in the podcast so the next day happens and uh mirabelle volunteers to do chores with luisa now, at this point in the movie, Louisa hasn't really spoken much at all. She's been very, like, a silent uh, character. And honestly, my first time watching the movie, I thought she was just going to be, like, some joke, butch woman. Oh, she's not that serious. But the movie really surprised me with the depth of her character. Do y'all want to talk about the song Surface Pressure? Like a drip, drip, drip that'll never stop. Whoa. That'll tip, tip, tip till you just go pop. Oh, give it to your sister, your sister's older. Give her all the heavy things we can't shoulder. Who am I if I can't run with the fall? If I fall to pressure like a drip, 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 then it won't let go. Whoa, pressure like a tick, tick, tick till it's ready to blow. Whoa, give it to your sister, your sister's stronger. This was my sister when my mom left for the US and she had to take care of me at eight years old and like kind of grow up. So I felt very identified already at this point. This is where I started crying Mm. until the end. Yeah, I know this, uh, especially with families with lots of children, sometimes the older children must take up that responsibility, I know. Like for yeah. me, I'm the youngest in my family, so I know the older ones had to take care of me a lot, and it was it must have been a lot of pressure because I was not an easy kid to get along with sometimes. You're not an easy adult to get along sometimes either. Ooh! <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, as a child of divorce, and I was the oldest, I was like constantly taking care of my younger brother. Um, and there were a lot of responsibilities given to me that like I feel now that I'm older I'm like wow that was kind of a lot and you don't feel it at the time but then when it goes off of your shoulders suddenly oh hey this was a lot and like uh I just just all of that Louisa song I was just like oh man oh yes I am in this in this whole song I don't (laughs) like it but that is that is indeed how it is you I don't know it just starts 
as one thing and then it's another thing another thing another thing another thing another thing and suddenly yeah you're carrying this whole house on your back very much taking advantage of the animation up until this point like yes it was an animated film but i felt like it hadn't really taken advantage of the fact that you could do a lot with animation and then with this song it like decided to just take it and run with it and it was like oh there's icebergs now oh there's there's doors now okay there's a tornado all right so like it it turned into fantasia yeah kitchen sink in the way that like it was animated and choreographed and uh like the way that you would have to sing it as in character style but then switch into high voice and then come back <clears throat> so for me i i really was like wow this is a really good song mm -hmm. i found her name her name is jessica d-a-r-r-o-w jessica darrow okay and she has a jazz cover on youtube she does it's very good her. yeah so yeah, and, can you tell me about the merchandise for uh, Luisa? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh man, so the the creative team with Lynn Morel Miranda had to like fight to get Luisa to have muscles in the first place. That was a whole thing. But on top of that, Disney was like, "Oh, nobody's gonna want a doll of Luisa. <laughs> We're gonna just make as many else uh, Isabella dolls as possible." And surely that's what the kids want. And no all the kids want louisa dolls and now they're gone and they're like sold out and they can't get new louisa dolls mm -hmm. and the isabella dolls are not being taken off the shelves mm -hmm. oh there, there you was go. no camilla merchandise either yeah there's also no camilla merchandise and oh my god don't go to the dark side of TikTok. there is there are stan accounts for camilla <laughs> there's oh. a lot yeah uh, did not expect that, but yes, there is some love for him. Yeah, when I signed up, I don't know if love is the right word. <laughs> We're gonna call it love. Yeah, I think uh, Luisa's song connects with people for so many reasons because um, children have been living with COVID in COVID times for the past two years, wearing masks in school and social distancing. We're asking our children to have so much more discipline. Than they've ever had to have before so a, a song about living under pressure i think is connecting with all children uh, no matter what their identity yeah that's true i will tell you the japanese version of the song does not slap oh that's too bad mm -hmm. tried so hard. louisa's voice actress in, in japanese does match her english one but unfortunately japanese grammar being japanese grammar it just it doesn't work out very well mm. Yeah, I've, I've heard it in English and Spanish, and I don't know. What what do you think, uh, Lu uh, Lucas, about the difference between the English version and Spanish version? Uh, personally, because I watched the English version better, I like the English version of the songs better. Um, I think it flows. It has a better flow, um, and the, the lyrics hit deeper but the movie itself is better in spanish to me mm. i think it hits closer to home mm, totally literally you can cry if you want this is a cry freeze of a, a, a open cry zone especially you gotta cry because we're about to actually we meet a new character a toucan voiced by alan tudyk 
He's the same voice actor who did the chicken in Moana. Alan Tudyk is in almost every Disney movie somehow. Mm-hmm. As he should be. He went to Juilliard after all. Yep. I, I do like the actor with some reservations. He has some problems with appropriation. Like every single character he plays has only one dick. Yeah. I just want to represent the one dick community. <laughs> I wrote that joke myself. I, it shows. You're proud. We can tell. <laughs> Moving on, we find this glass tablet that has Bruno's vision. At the I center, spent so long looking at this, trying to figure out which constellation it was. Oh, yes. And uh, I couldn't figure it out uh, because I know Lin-Manuel Miranda plays 4D chess with his music and lyrics. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. I, I have some things in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so there... Oh, going back, going back, going back. Eh? Yeah, we have to can. Oh, the... When she's in entering the room, um, the house actually can't touch it. Because but it's it one of the, it's one of the family rooms, mm-hmm. but it has no problem being in the nursery. True. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I looked at the constellation. Uh, all I could, because the, even the press releases and stuff is like, oh, everyone's a constellation, and the press around the movie is, oh, it's a constellation of magical members. And all I got was either Sirius Major or Aquarius, but either way, it's a constellation that's in both Northern and, hem- and Southern Hemispheres. That's all I could figure out. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno. all right that happened is everybody ready to hear the villain song of the evening yes our first villain song since 2009 from the princess and the frog am i correct is that the last villain song from a disney movie eh? what about shiny from moana shiny from moana yeah oh but he was a comedy villain and what it's, are you it's still a about? villain song? Is Let It Go a villain song? No. no. How dare you? <clears throat> okay, we have a villain song. And what I like about this is it talks about different cognitive distortions. Yes, I've been to therapy. So the first that... singer is who are this? What's her name? Pipe and what? Not Pipe. Pipe. Peppa? Peppa? Peppa Pig. And who's the other one? The 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 the, the sexy short husband, Felix. Felix, yes. I love him. I think I think I got this wrong in my notes. I called her, I called Peppa. I I said that she had mood swings, but rewatching the movie, her emotions are basically at the same level as every other character. In fact, I can tell she's actually done some grounding techniques 
to control her emotions, probably because Abuela told her to control herself. Clear skies, clear skies. Clear skies, clear skies. And we've all had friends like that, that one friend who's like feeling a feeling and everyone else in the room has to feel that feeling. Hello, Jonah Hagens. Ah. She wants to appear and I said no. <laughs> so yeah, what are the styles of singing we have? We have samba dancing. We have Dolores doing some whisper singing. And Camilio is singing like some weird monstrous creature. I love it. And each family member has represents a different distortion. Peppa is using rumination. Rumination is when you look at a feeling or uh, an event from a long time ago. So her wedding was about 20, 21 years ago, and she's still thinking about it. Now, have you all had that experience where you think of a thing that happened to you a long time ago? The more times you tell yourself the story over and over again, the story gets worse and worse, and the people who were in the story become more of the bad guy. So it's sort of, it's sort of like picking at the wound instead of letting the wound heal. And uh, Dolores is more about just spreading rumors, things that she heard secondhand. And Camilo is just making things up because he thinks it's fun to make up stories. I Although don't think Camilo's technically making things up because he, he definitely has seen Bruno, but when he was, you know, a small kid. Right. So, and when you're, you're little, everybody looks like they're seven feet tall. Yes, according to like, back. Yeah, where the rats come from? I'm pretty sure the rat the rats are already in his room because we see them all over. So mm. he's probably just buddying up with them. Mm. Sometimes mm. we just need support, and Bruno's was rats. Mm. Yeah, for Bruno, I when I first saw that character, I thought, okay, I pretty sure he's going to be a good guy. He's just some misunderstood family member. He's basically the gay uncle who is not invited to the family cookout anymore. I felt Bruno mm. in my soul. Mm. Except they all love me, so mm. not that way. And in the middle of the Bruno song, Isabella had to have a solo, because of course she bloody does. <laughs> And I just love how Mirabelle, Mirabelle, with all of her patience and all of her love, she is not taking Isabella's shit. I love that. Like, even she has her, her limits. I felt that in my soul a little bit. <laughs> like, oh, this bitch again. Sister, more like bitch-ster, placeholder joke. I'm just reading from the notes now. Oh, and I think, in my opinion, this is probably the best Disney song in the past 10 years. Honestly, yeah, it is a really good song. I I really have to admire the fact that every one of those things, like <laughs> animation, singing, all of it was done over Zoom. Like it was just all like work from home. The animators even were putting up their like samples on Twitter and I was looking <laughs> through them. They were at home studying their bed sheets for how fabric, like how the fabric was supposed to move. Yeah, not joking. And then, like, posing by themselves in their bathrooms or in their living rooms to get, like, reference materials. It mm. was 
very much a project that honestly I'm really surprised it got finished in the first place and for it to be as good as it is is kind of astonishing so yeah mm-hmm. this song is like kind of a amazing and like very many levels for me mm-hmm. I can't wait till it's available in karaoke the only problem is for the last um uh chorus line there's just five voices and be so hard to do karaoke you can to sing all the voices yeah Get it's good. like my wedding seven feet tall you're telling the story my powers would go on the vine like ugh. <laughs> that is a very lynn thing to do though um he did it well he did it in hamilton he did it in the heights where he just gets the whole cast to sing something mm. and you're like what do i do which voice do i sing yes Speaking of which, Tokyo International Players is going to have a workshop this April about singing in character. If you want to hear more about that, sign up for the newsletter at tokyoplayers.org. Link in the description. Yes, I'm a good manager. Anyway, um, let's not talk about things that could get me fired from TIP. Let's talk about Daddy Gus seeing the vision plate. He's all caring about his daughter, and he says, Abuela needs tonight to be perfect. And he hides all the, the glass shards. I'm like, oh, you're such a caring father. I would definitely, I would definitely marry a man like Gus. I would date Felix, but then marry Gus. Date Mary Kill. I was gonna say, are we playing date Mary Kill with the Encanto boys? There's well, only if I had to kill someone, I'd probably kill Pedro because when he dies, you get magical powers. Well, you gotta you gotta count oh, no. Bruno in this. So you gotta count Bruno, Felix, and Pedro. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that lover boy played by um, Maluma. Mm, Mariano. <laughs> Mariano. <Yes. laughs> yeah, he's a himbo, definitely. That's the himbo of the movie. <laughs> Um, uh, oh God. a little side note on the vision. Mm. Um, if you walk, if you look into the cave, there are encrusted jade, uh, not jades, uh, emeralds. And uh, the, the vision is made out of uh, emerald, which is uh, main exportation of Colombia. Oh, one of them. I didn't know that. Fancy. Mm-hmm. I was reaching. Oh, honey, reach around and you can, uh, never mind. Sorry. Moving on. They're about to have a dinner with sexy Miri, Miri, Miri man. What's his name? Mir- Mariano. Mariano. <laughs> Not Mariano. married yet. Dolores can hear him when he thinks he's alone. She's like, oh, I can hear your poetry. That is so creepy. Yeah, now that I said that. But it also loud, something I would do. It's like, oh, hey, Lucas, I can hear you when you're in the gym. Do you want to date me? No. <laughs> so, yeah, funny things happen. Um, um, Luisa can't lift the piano. She's crying, blah, 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 blah. And um, she also doesn't say no to getting the piano, even though she knows she can't. That's the thing. <laughs> that's Bro, so the movie, she never says no. She's like, move the donkeys. I'm on it. Uh, change the river. I'm on it. She's a she's a never say no person. Are there any people who never say no in this chat? Mm-hmm. Me only to sex. Absolutely, <laughs> I say no. Not even that. <laughs> yes, oh, and. I give to charity, and sometimes I take it from charity. Hey, 
Charity called. She we don't like twenty dollars. Um, the, the, are there any comments about the marriage proposal scene? I do appreciate how they decided, like, you know what? The way that they're going to find us out is by some critters that Antonio's supposed to keep under control are going to steal that glass and they're going to put it together somehow, even though how do they know what it is? Eh, here it is. And then it goes just like like swinging in front of Abuela. And I'm like, well, this was a whole lot of interesting. Okay. This was a lot of coincidences. Bruno's sitting in the back, back of the dinner table, looking out like, ah. Yeah, right. Poor guy. He's like just looking at the whole like, oh no. Oh no no. Oh no no no. And I'm not sure how Bruno is gonna react to this because Mirabelle follows a crack in the wall and she enters the house dungeon place thing. I don't know. And then there's lightning, crack, crack, crack. It's a scary Bruno face. Oh no. Uh, the two of them parkour through the house, but then Mira's about to fall into the pit. Help, help, I'm gonna fall. And then catch. Bruno, we see Bruno's sweet face. And even though he was having a panic attack, he sacrifices his own comfort for Mira's safety, making Bruno a better parent than Pearl was to Steven. But yes, that was what happened with Bruno. We find him in the back and he has rat telenovelas and he's he's trying so hard to still be a part of his family, even though he still can't be there with his family. And as someone who hasn't seen their family in five years, God damn it, movie, stop doing this to me. Like I said, this is the first Disney COVID movie. There's a lot of people who are isolated from their families. But and yes. I just love how guilty he's been feeling. Like, not only did Peppa remember the, the wedding thing, even Bruno has been ruminating about the wedding thing. And as the quote unquote um, bad guy, he's gonna just feel more and more and more guilt the more he thinks about it. And I've done that before. I can think about times where it's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that thing. I shouldn't have done that thing. Oh my God, everyone's gonna hate me because of that thing I did. Uh. Bruno left because he knew, he knew that if he went to Abuela with that vision, she would think the worst everyone would think the worst because they always do. And so he decided to break it and leave. And that, that, that says a lot about him too. He's also not willing, he's trying to protect her from harm, just like Maribel tried to protect Antonio from harm. Like mm -hmm. it's interesting how that's their first reaction. And I think it's like interesting. I think that's, I don't know, like, it seems as if, like, everybody is continuously trying to protect each other, but by accident, accidentally kind of also harming themselves and not talking about things, which is such a family thing to do. I think that's what Obrella, like, taught her children to do. Like, um, for Peppa, she said, clear skies, clear skies, control your emotions. For Julieta, it's always, like, be a peacekeeper, don't cause any trouble. And for Bruno, he's like, Bruno, you're all trouble. So that means you don't have a place here. So he, all three of her children heard that message and took a different damaging thing from it. And now you can see them passing on that message to their children in a negative way, which is what we're saying. The foundation of this casita is, is broken. Right. 
And then Antonio comes in and is all like, don't eat that. Hey, let me be cute, boy. Yes. We were crying a little bit before, but now let's look at the cute little boy and animals. <laughs> don't eat those. I love that line. I like, I like Antonio sharing his stuff. He is, is the best. Because Mirabel gave that to him and he wants to give that same love to Bruno. Oh. Knows Bruno needs some uh, some comfort. Needs mm -hmm. comfort, buddy. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna make that little um. What's the word? That vision circle and that animal is like in the middle of the circle, and they have to do the salt around him. What what's that animal right. called? Is it a capybara? Yeah, there's some copy. There's a lot of capybaras. Which we this. don't have. They're not in Colombia. No. Uh. It was that animal, and then the hakarandas are not. I'll, I'll talk about that when the song comes. Hakarandas are more Brazil, right? They are Mexican. Oh, I thought well. they're native to South America. Nope. I hope someone got fired for that mistake. Because <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up last night, and it said they're native to South America, but like South Africa and Australia also claim them, as well as Mexico. I'm sure because there's. Flor de Mayo. Mm -hmm. Flor de Mayo. By the no, we're not there yet. Oh, I guess so, we're yeah. not there yet. We're not to Isabel and I have things to say. And, to anyway, say. so we're talking about vision. I did they they were pretty careful and like setting the mood because he lights fires to each of the four directions, which is pretty pretty on point for paganism. Bruno's a witch. Bruno, we, Bruno. We for it. Well, mm. eh? Would he be Brujo? Brujo. Brujo. Oh, maybe it wasn't because it rhymed with no, because it rhymed with Brujo. It could be dun, anything. Dun, dun. Boom. Theory unlocked. Yes, we'll have to make a 30-minute YouTube video about that. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> So who was in the vision? We asked uh, Bruno to make a new vision to save the casita. And in the vision, we saw Mirabel and who was it? Isabella! Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I, I have my own theories on this, uh, which I wrote. Which was, yeah, uh, so what if it, it had been Abuela, but they're like, they're like, come on a little farther, like, who could it be? But they were projecting their own answer and it turned into Isabella. And so Bruno's visions are more like that the possibility, but also what you want the outcome to be or what you think it will be. Like the sorting hat. Or like, you know, Omakuji. If you get your Omikuji from, you know, New Year's, mm -hmm. even if you get best luck, you need to work to keep that luck. Like tarot reading. Yeah, tarot as well. It's very like you can get called out by a set of playing cards real fast. Which is something I would never say publicly. Cut that I, out. I have a, a, a cultural question for Louise. Mm. Did, uh, did Christianity come in and mess up all of Colombia's folk religions as well? Or... Mm. Like there's 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 definitely a priest. They made it yes. very clear. Yes. Um, so. Well, I, I think. Well, actually, I, I'm not 
really burst in Colombian history because I left when I was very young. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, we do have very native people. And I think um, the opening, not the opening scene, but the, the people that were fleeing the, the guys on the horse were these native peoples. So I said in the beginning, there's like, there's so many characters. It's going to be so difficult to follow all of them. What I like about this movie is they really establish the characters, even though they don't really explain them too much. Like, for example, Boba Fett in Star Wars. We know just enough about him to think he's cool and so interesting. But if you have a whole TV series about him, he's not so interesting anymore. I think it's very similar with Encanto. We know just a little bit about each family member so that we get sort of invested in the idea of who they are. So when we see the silhouette of Isabella, we don't need to know everything about her personality. We just have this idea of, oh, she's that kind of a person. What else can I do? Bring it in, bring it in. Good job. What bring else it in, bring can it in. I do? room and she's all like apologize for ruining my thing I didn't even want and so <laughs> then they have a fight and then she's all like I hate being perfect and I don't want to be perfect anymore and I'm like okay I'm sorry this is honestly for me the weakest part of the movie and I say this with love the song is fine the song's great love the song however Isabella has also been like bullying her sister the entire movie and has given no indication really, except for a few kind of glances from her eyes that she's not happy, kind of, sort of, I guess. Mm -hmm. So like this kind of for me, like even though I do like the song and I will sing it in the shower at high, high volume. I also have to admit that narratively speaking, there kind of wasn't a good setup for this and there kind of wasn't a great payoff for it because there wasn't a great like setup for her character. Like she's kind of just kind of, bullying 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 oh suddenly we're friends and sisters at the same time now and it's not even something like it's not it felt that uh, how do i say this mirabelle's apology to isabella when isabella has been doing the most wrong throughout the movie felt wrong to me like i felt like isabella also needed to give an apology to mirabelle and like the thing that a message the kids might have from seeing that song is like oh it'll be fine like it's it, like like Isabella didn't need to give an apology kind of thing and she really did she really did she was just very mean up until this point so um, yeah that's my opinion that totally makes sense yeah 
I don't, I feel like uh, marketing wise on those dolls, Disney was like, they'll want the pretty one and didn't think they'll want the bitchy one. <laughs> we want yeah, right? three different dresses so that they buy three different dolls, of course. They'll want the one that looks beautiful mm -hmm. and can do the most mm -hmm. and is can beat up the other oh. dolls. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and probably has a burn book and tells everybody they need to wear pink on Wednesdays. And if you'd like to hear more about the concept of a gifted child, I highly recommend Friend of the Closet Ball, Top Tier Gender Queer. Here's a snippet from his most recent video. I just could not do it. I could not blow. Yeah, I kind of understand where, um, what's her Was face? Yes. I understand where Isabella's coming from because, you know, if you're the oldest child in your family, sometimes you're giving so much pressure, especially if you're a gifted child. Like my older brother in elementary school, he was doing advanced math classes, advanced science classes his entire time. So he got this idea in his head that, hey, I'm better than you. I'm smarter than you. Oh, that. And then, yeah, sometimes you just, when you have that in your head, you feel just so terrible in your heart because you can't meet those expectations. So maybe she's not able to give an apology right now, but she's able to make a connection with Mirabelle and an apology can come later. So I, I'm thinking that's where the relationship is at the end of the song. Yes, but it never comes really. And time. Yeah, but I mean, it's still like, it's just, I don't know. It sits wrong with me as somebody who like, I don't know. I think like in terms of the whole, like when you see something has been done wrong to another person and the, the answer is, oh, well, it's fine now because we're now agreeing it's fine. It's like, but is it though? Because the other person hasn't really done the work to get to that uh -oh. point. Isabella has had her own moment where she's realized what she wants great however she hasn't really done the work to get her side of the bridge on that relationship really mm -hmm. and like Mirabelle's come to understand her but she still doesn't understand Mirabelle she mm -hmm. still doesn't like there's it's not two ways not mm -hmm. really totally right that's why I think this would be I don't want a sequel movie I want a sequel tv series it, like a, it, it got greenlit for a series. Yeah, it got greenlit. That's yeah. gonna happen. Oh my god, yes! One episode all about Isabella, one episode all about uh, Luisa. Yes, I'm I'm down for that. And the sore is just telling uh, Mirabella to do that because we needed to have this confrontation with Abuela. Uh, sorry, real quick. I know we were going to talk about the Hakarandas, but it seemed... To me, it just seemed like a lot of Isabella's flowers actually were more towards Mexico rather than other Are areas. The, um, well, we do have the most diverse fauna and flora. Um, so these are, like some of these are found there. I, I, I looked it up after you mentioned it. Uh, they are found there, but they're not native to there. Actually, we have these in my city. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I used to pick them and put them in my hair. Oh, yeah, I should have known I was gay. <laughs> so I have the exact quote here, but I won't, I won't read it. Basically, Abuela is saying, Bruno left because of you. Luisa losing power because of you. Everything is because of you. And you can see Mirabelle say, 
I'll never be good enough for you. Like, this is the point that I really caught my attention. Like, I've had relationships like this before. It's like, I want to be good enough. If I just work hard enough, if I'm nice enough, if I'm smart enough, I can be with you. But sometimes there's family members who you, you will never be good enough. And this, again, ends in a big fight. And the casita, the foundation was all, always broken. But this is the only time we could see the foundation broken. Because Mirabelle just brought to, brought to the surface something everyone was feeling, you know. But yeah, anyway, like, yes, we've all had that. I think we've all had a, like, conversation to a certain extent. Either not necessarily with a person but with yourself even sometimes it's just like oh wait i can't keep putting energy into this when it'll never be enough mm-hmm. it just won't and it can be a person in your family it can be a job that's not currently happening in my life currently that's just ridiculous why would that be true or it can be a friendship even it's it's in a lot of different ways people will have to kind of come to their own conclusions that oh this is just never gonna be enough and yeah you could do it even as just your own personal realization and just cut ties but it's fam- it's it's harder with family it's mm-hmm. so much harder with family you know this is a oh gosh how do i say this without saying too much about myself uh you know sometimes uh, when you leave people or when people need to end your part of your life it's like you were talking about tarot cards before sometimes uh, a death is not ending it's like hey this is a friend of mine we've been friends for like a, 10 years I wasn't sad for you before I met you and now that you're gone I'm not going to be sad that you're gone it's just our lives t- taking us different places and Mirabel and Abuela are like, we can't be in each other's lives right now because of this unhealthy, toxic relationship we're in. So they let their feelings out. The house crumbles and Mirabel did what she had to do. And I, I think she said the exact right thing. I wouldn't change anything about that script. She said everything that needed to be said, like for her sisters, for her mother, like they all need to hear that. And Mirabel was the only one able to actually stand up and say it because Peppa and Julieta, no one else could have said that. She already drove away one of her children. If no one said it, then she would just be driving more of them away. So the house is destroyed, but Mirabel rushes to the river. This is the same river where her grandfather died. I think she chose this area because she knew her umbrella could never come back here. But she did come back here to find Mirabelle. And I've heard this described as an anti-climax, but in the best way. It's like not a battle between two people, just two women sitting down and talking to each other about feelings. And Abuela, someone, someone of her generation, and you know, like I said, she's, we said she's the matriarch. She does not have a peer group. She only has children and grandchildren. So she doesn't have a person to let let out her feelings to, you know, like even the um, the older women in the city, they see her as some kind of uh, elegant and upper class noble person. So she's been alone this whole time, 
yes, she's the most powerful person in the town, but being powerful doesn't mean you're, you don't feel pain. She's been feeling this pain alone for 50 years because she's had no one to talk to. Okay, like, even if she did have someone to talk to, I don't think she would. Um, I think she made a very, like, it's only done in visual style kind of decision, really, but she made a decision that she was going to be strong for her children. And I think that that strength for her meant, you know, I don't talk about it. I just preserve my family at any cost but she kind of just lost sight of what any cost could include the family she's trying to protect. And it could include the very city she's trying to save. Like the, the entire thing needs to, yes, of course, outside invasion. Sure, fair. But then also you can't expect perfection from your family and you can't expect perfection from yourself. It's asking for failure. It's begging for failure. It's gonna happen at some point. And so I think this was a lesson for her and like, she is asking too much of herself and asking too much of her family. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Lucas can get into more details about things like that. From what I've read, a lot of people who are say displaced Mm -hmm. um, in the United States, especially, I think this hit harder with them than say someone of my background, which is white. So Lucas, are you- Sorry, what? about when it comes to the displacement of people and the like the generational like things of the abuelas right um well i know that we don't actually like our parents will never admit they're wrong especially latin countries so um what she did was kind of in in culture i guess that's Mm -hmm. where to say it and then also, um, I just realized, I just remember I wanted to kind of mention um, that our families in Colombia and Latin America, they won't really say, their parents won't really say that they love us, but they'll always offer us food, oh. which um, I kind of wanted to connect with Julieta's power that she heals for with food and she speaks her emotions and her wishes through her cooking. Um, mm. So yeah. That's, that's so beautiful, I yeah. Wanted, yeah, I wanted to mention that. Um, and like every time I rewatch the movie, I notice different foods from different places. So even if, um, like now we're talking about the, the, the river scene, I wanted to mention that that's an actual place. Uh, it is the river of the seven colors which is natural, naturally occurring and you can go to it during the summer. You can swim in it and um, it's caused by different algae. Uh, and even though if, if you locate it near where that river is, um, you still have foods represented in the movie from very different regions of the country. Like uh, arepas are for my my city, my region. Um, the soup that they were eating during the uh, engagement party, that's from the capital. It's a very traditional capital food. Um, so I, I just love food. And I, I felt really happy that they picked up on that. I noticed that the credit scene, it's all the foods. 
from yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And actually, I recently learned how to make buñuelos, which is uh, one of the foods that they show in the movie. And on the Instagram page, they actually linked the recipe for it. So I didn't use their recipe, but um, it's very close to the one I made. And it, it comes out really well. Wonderful. So yeah, um, I did a little bit of research. Apparently, um, when Abuela met her husband, this was some kind of uh, festival. They're all holding candles. Do y'all do y'all know what kind of festival that was? No. Um, well, I don't know if it is that one what you're thinking, but we do have a tradition on the seventh of December. And the 8th of December to light candles and make wishes. Yeah, I think that's actually what they were trying to portray. portray. Mm -hmm. It was really beautiful, really, really well. Just like, just like in the movie Up, how you can just give so much emotion without dialogue. I just loved how they just played the song in unsubtitled Spanish. Just, just a beautiful emotion of it all. And even though Abuela, when she was like screaming and reaching out, like you could just feel the, feel the hurt in her heart. Mm. I cry during that every time it shows a little Abuela just like falling to the ground sobbing because the amount of emotion in that animation is just heartbreaking. That song um, too. Yeah, and like I, I re when I rewatched it, I watched it in uh, Japanese, and it just—it's the only song other than Colombia Mi Encanto that they keep in Spanish. Mm. So regardless of which language you're watching, that scene's going to be in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the credits, they, they do play the like, uh, whatever dub language you're watching, they'll play it mm -hmm. in the credits version. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's how we get into generational trauma. Like we talk about how um, Luisa said, oh, someone's gonna hurt us, or Isabella is like, I have to be perfect or these things weren't because of trauma these women specifically experienced. It's because their family experienced it and they got it from living with their family. And that's something that we just don't talk about that much. So I did keep track of the apologies. Mirabelle did say I'm sorry first because she's the granddaughter, she has to. Mm -hmm. Then Abuela logically explained her feelings so i'm like oh this stupid bitch she's only about logic but then grandma apologized i'm like oh grandma you made a breakthrough yes yes you finally made it and she said what was it she prayed to pedro saying i need a miracle and pedro gave her mirabelle so i want to ask y'all's opinion does Mirabelle get a gift? Does she have a superpower like the rest of them? I think her superpower is her empathy because she's able to see things others can't. She can see the cracks. During the musical numbers, she sees visions of 
what they're singing about. So I think her empathy and her ability to see things, like her ability to see Abuela's pain, that was the gift that she was looking for the whole time. Now that you mentioned all these uh, situations, she kind of encompasses a little bit of everybody. Mm-hmm. Like she can listen, she can see things that maybe others don't hear. Uh, she communicates better. Um, so in a way, yes, I think she does have a, a power that is very human. Mm-hmm. I feel like her power is the casita and the family. Um, So because like she, they, they, when she goes to the ceremony at the beginning that the movie opens talking about the house and how proud they are of the family. And she's focused on the family and the house is focused on the family and the house only listens to her during a lot of things and she's the only one that hears it kind of and that would be why she doesn't have a room her whole house is her room and that kind of comes back at the end but going off what you said um her her power is much more internal the the brain because like going to the triplets it's everywhere because again Lynn Renner Miranda plays 4D chess it's in the music, it's in the lyrics. Um, we get, the, the first thing you think when you hear Luisa and Isabella during Family Madrigal is the beauty and the brawn. Mm-hmm. And that leaves Mirabelle with what? What, come on, finish it out. Starts with B. Jane? There you go, good job. You're such a good teacher. Uh, I, I, teach I know, PE. that's why I don't get promoted everybody else oh, does so i've heard some rumors that the reason why mirabelle does not get a door is because she's destined to become the new abuela so she doesn't get a door because her room is going to be abuela's room when she is passed on and they need a new head of household you don't get a room you have to wait for abuela to die that's grim heal <laughs> her I, I had a different theory I had a theory that the miracle was testing Abuela and the family about how it would react if there was somebody without it. And that's why the house started falling apart because they had failed that test, but then passed it again once they got all the family back together and they were able to come together as a family because the entire point of the miracle was to protect the family. So, does she get a room in the end? She got a whole house, and they're going. The house to, is her room. They're the going. They're, I swear to text. God, it comes back to my statement yet again. If someone, if I didn't get a magical power and no one gave me a room, I would make it everybody's problem. Let me sleep in your room. I would exactly. go and sleep in everybody's room at a different night. Like, yep. just kick them out. Bruno's. It's covered in rats, and it's got sand. Lots of sand. Lots of sand. Guys, it's soothing. It's coarse and gets everywhere. Shut up. I hate sand. <laughs> we got a variety tonight. Star Wars, Mean Girls. Just gonna go through the whole back catalog of memes. Mean Wars, yeah. Mean Wars, Kanto. <laughs> Jaw. 
we're at the end of the movie. Uh, Bruno talking the family. Oh, I want to get your all's opinion on this. We saw Abrella hug Bruno, but she never said, I'm sorry. Neither did we- Isabella. <laughs> this is not a sorry family. Never. Well, we Mirabel says sorry, but not the others. We don't ask for forgiveness in Latin America. We just mm-hmm. offer food. Shingen food either. <laughs> she brought flowers. She gave him his room back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, by the way, Uncle Bruno coming in like, do you leave her alone? It was me. I was like, ah, you're my favorite. I love you. I know we gave Abuela a lot of flack for carrying three babies and a candle, but can we talk about the horse carrying three people Mm. and still managing to jump a log? And two of them were women riding side saddle. I was uh, watching this movie with this Japanese guy, and the first thing he said was, oh, poor horse. That would break the horse. (laughs) You know why? Do you know why he was into the horses? That's why oh. half of my Japanese Twitter feed is into horses. Actually, yeah, his family's a horse breed. Uh, they're horse breeders, so yeah. And it, okay, it makes that makes that. that's that's much better reasoning than he <laughs> wants to fuck a horse girl. Oh no! <laughs> is that a thing? Yes, half of my Twitter feed since uh, Uma no Musume came out has been just transformed into Japanese oh, men. That Wait. want to screw the horse girls. And you they'll mean, be like, look at this horse. It's so precious. And I'm just sitting there like, oh no. Do you mean a horse or centaur? No, like horse. Yeah, no, they're, they're, horses, they're, yeah. they're girls that are anthropomorphized racing horses. Oh. So they have like, Wait. they have the ears and like the tail and they just run very fast. And then like everybody got really into horse racing again because of it. So like post pictures of different horses thinking about these girls but then you know they're thinking about the girls so you know they're thinking about wanting to have intercourse with the horse yeah he was actually saying when we went to Tokyo Tower he was saying that one of those horse girls was based on his family's horse and I don't remember which one I've probably seen his horse his family's That's horse all over the, Twitter the, believe uh, it. yeah the Hokkaido one. Oh uh, yeah no I've seen it everywhere <laughs> blimey so many people want to do that horse. <laughs> so in the end, we uh, the townspeople build the casita up and we sing the song, All of You. You are more than just your gift. What'd y'all think of this song? I know, even though she's the daughter, she sort of felt like the matriarch. Like, I don't know how to say it properly, but yeah, she's she felt like she was taking care of everyone. Like she was the grandmother at that time when she like took responsibility and said, hey, this is the new way our family has to be. Remember them being like, all of you, all of you. And then the townspeople showing up and then being like, yay, we built the house. And and Mirabel being like, stars don't shine, they burn. And then they supernova and explode. Um, don't be so scientific she's the one that brought it up they don't shine they don't twinkle twinkle either so like that's fine it goes back to the theme of constellations but watching it in again I I rewatched it in Japanese so it's fun because the chorus starts with uh, 
the back course, the townsfolk, their first refrain, instead of saying like all of you or mina, they say kazoku, so like mm. family. And then later they say everyone, everyone, when all the townspeople have joined the family. Um, so it kind of remarks on the community being part of the family as well. I thought it was a fine song. I like that Bruno came in and was all like, hey, sorry for being gone. I actually wasn't. And then she's like, Dolores is all like, I heard him every day. And I was like, why didn't you say something? Dolores got somebody that finally sees her. And I hear you. Let's get married. I'm Disney, so we're going to not get married right now. That would have been me. But sign a good prenup first. Hmm. Yeah, he goes, he's going to steal all the powers. That's why he wants to marry into the family. Uh, he wasn't Chris. wearing gloves, so I don't know. I was about to say, Kristoff from Frozen Earth. going to just steal all the powers. Um, Get your villain. <laughs> right, there's the villain. It, it was Mariano. I don't know. <laughs> Are we going to go into now overall thoughts of movie? Yes. Um, let's blah, blah, blah. The movie ends. Everyone's happy. Topics to expand on music, animation, culture, representation, refugees, intergenerational trauma, and did Abuela deserve her redemption? I think honestly, like this team needs to get an award for the fact that they made this without interacting in person. <laughs> Like they really do. Like I, like, like looking at the artists, especially and how like they're crawled, like curled up like gremlins on their like huge like mega tablets and trying to like draw out details, and then having to do like references just at home, and you know all this stuff. Like it just, uh, and then they had these choreographers for the Bruno song, who did the song in costume, without costumes, without skirts, and this and that and the other. And just, I don't know, they they managed to do all of this with the world falling apart around them. We and don't talk about Rona. <laughs> it just, it just, it is astounding that not only is it done, finished, completed, out and, and into the world in the first place, but it is actually a really good Disney movie. And I'm not gonna lie, I've seen people who don't like the movie and I get it. Like you, mm. the, Disney's Disney and there's always like a section of people who just aren't into Disney movies, which is fair. But then like some people have been saying things like, for example, that, oh, it's just, there's not a lot going on. It doesn't have like, all, you know, like the standard formulas. And I, that's why I like it. That's why I like it. I like that it is an in-depth look at family dynamics and an in-depth look that like, like Colombian culture and uh, this whole just taking a breath to look at what your family's all about that kind of thing I like that a lot and I think that honestly I like this better than most Disney films that have come out in say yeah 10 years I, yeah. I do and so for me this is actually like I was really it came out of nowhere for me really surprised me so I really like it that's my final yeah, and thank you for bringing that up about the Colombian culture. Um, I think it was it does a really good job. Um, moving to the U.S. and when people asked me where I was from, I would say Colombia. The first thing they would say is, "Do you have any cocaine?" Um, um, is that okay? 
Yes. It, that oh, okay, like okay, okay. Joke from uh, six. Yeah. So as a as a eleven twelve year old child, like you don't you don't really know why people associate your country and your culture with just because one person. So um, I think the movie really did a good. Uh, if if you really pay attention, <clears throat> did a really good job at representing a lot of different aspects, like um. Aren't, isn't from so, aren't some of the kids wearing Colombian, like traditional outfits as well? Yes, mm -hmm. they're wearing the the hat, which yeah, is called a sombrero volteado, and uh, the ruanas, which I have one actually. My mom gave it to me just this poncho just that I went. It's like a poncho, but it's called a ruana. Mm. Um, it's very traditional. Uh, Mirabel's shoes are called alpargatas, and they're very like the worker people would wear this outside of the town. Uh, even the house um, is very traditional to what you'd find in the towns. Um, and then like things like the backpack is also a um, art, artisan, it's, what's the word? Artisanal. Yeah, artisanal. It, even now it's something that's uh, being uh, produced um, to like general public mm. and like exported. So I am very thankful for this movie. Actually, uh, it made me cry a lot. We can only hope that though they continue to improve. And I think this is a far wilder, bigger improvement than say like, oh god, Pocahontas. <laughs> oh god, Pocahontas. Yeah. Like or even even Coco, like Coco, the yeah. Mexican village. Every single villager had the same skin color. Yeah. Whereas in this family, yes, yes, the two husbands, and they, the two husbands and everyone, they all had different skin colors. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I was also going to mention it represented pretty much every people of Colombia. Mm -hmm. um, and I was going to mention earlier when we talked about Mirabel, she looks exactly like my half my step my half sister. Oh, yeah, full, full. Yeah, that's another point too. Like, if you think about it, a lot of also like people of color, like POC representation. One of the things that Disney tends to do, and this has been pointed out by a lot of people who are smarter than me, that like say Princess and the Frog. So you had, you know, the main character be, you know, black for some of the movie, but then like the majority she was a frog, and then in Coco we had yes a mexican village and yes there were mexican characters but then they were skeletons a lot for like another half of the halfish of the movie and things like that so like the idea is representation like you should have representation throughout the movie and not change them into animals or change them into other things and this movie managed to do that yay they were all people throughout the 100 percent of the movie that so yay good job you did you did a thing you did the bare minimum, Disney. <laughs> Congratulations, you and your white, white directors. Right? So, like, I got to say, in that terms, like, you know, we've come quite far, but there could still always be improvements. There could still always be something better. But I think it helped that a, a all majority of the team was people, it was in the right hands. Like, it was in Lin-Manuel Miranda's hands, and it was in, like, people behind the scenes 
were actually the creative team. It was them. And I really think, honestly, the reason that this was like such a sleeper agent for success was because Disney really didn't think it was going to be one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it just like, this is the, sh- the lesson they should learn from this is put it in the right hands, damn it. Like, don't, you know, like that fucking, sorry, like that Mulan live action nonsense. Oh, fucking Mulan. I didn't see it. I only saw clips of it on YouTube and it's awful. I'm a police brutality apologist who kicks things into whatever. Right. At the end of the movie, I'm going to bow to the emperor because Chinese culture, Chinese doesn't want to. Right. And then also like, we'll have only white people who've gone into a museum for only like two hours do the entire costuming of the entire department. Like, are you kidding me? We have a white woman as the director. Aren't we progressive? Oh God, yeah. No, just uh, okay. I think we're overstepping our bounds a little bit. Okay. But, I remember- uh, speaking of people using their privilege, but in a good way, I think Lin Manuel Miranda is like really doing justice to a lot of areas that have been ignored. Cinematographically, the yeah. uh, cine- cinemagraph. What's the word I'm looking for? Cinematography? Yeah, cinematography. Like within the realm of film and animation. Um, Because, like, we had Moana, and then he came out with Vivo with Sony, which was Mm -hmm. Cuba and Florida. Then we've got, you know, Colombia, which I don't think anybody, you, you could have picked any South American country, and I think. Would if you had said like Colombia, people would have been like, "Why?" Oh, coffee and cocaine. I I would have been like exactly. I would have been like the place the CIA messed up. Why do they have to take Panama? I'm still mad about that. Ooh. But oh, I, it's good that like we're getting to learn about like places and cultures that exist within America because. People have had to be, unfortunately, relocated or had to move. And we just don't always think about that in our day to day. Girl. Okay. Um, representation, tra- trauma, we covered. Before we end, I just want to get y'all's opinion. Did Abuela? De- deserve her redemption. Yes. Because I've met so many people they are like, oh, she's bad. She's horrible. We hate her. I'm like, really? Did you see the same movie I saw? Did you see what happened to her husband and her village? I'm like, mm. Yeah, I, I feel like the unforgivingness of Abuela is the misplaced kind of anger, in my opinion. Uh, the thing is, too, also, I, I don't know, the idea of the sentence of does she deserve a redemption arc? It's kind of just like redemption arcs aren't deserved. They're usually earned. And I think that she earned it. I think that she did realize that she messed up and she did realize, too, that she's asking too much. And that's, I don't know, in terms of like, people are also like on Twitter saying like what a real Disney villain she is. I'm like, she's really not, that's not accurate to me. Like 
there is harm that you can do unintentionally. There's unintentional maliciousness, and then there is intentional maliciousness. And I feel like she doesn't fall in the latter category. I feel like she definitely falls in the former. And, you know, that happens with family. Like, that just happens. We don't, you know, you don't mean to hurt people sometimes. Again, I feel like the question is just kind of, in my opinion, a little like, again, people who get redemption put in the work and they recognize the, the mistakes they made and they, they do the thing to like make it better. If at any point you don't get to any of those points, though, I don't think maybe you have been redeemed at that point. That's the thing. Like, I don't think you'd get to the redemption if you haven't done all the steps. So I think, I think she did the, the real question, though, is is she fully redeemed by the end of this? Because I don't think she is. She's on no. the, she's on the path. Yeah, she's on the path to get to that point. And I think she's recognized that like she's she's gotta she's gotta not be so pressured. But I think she's a very open grandma. I think she's an abuela open to change, and that's good. It's now time for five. Oh fuck, it's almost 10 o'clock. I go to sleep soon. You have to all sleep, yes. Yeah, I girl. Have to eat it's my time dinner. for final thoughts. What are your final thoughts? Mysterious. My final thoughts are pretty great movie. I would give it a 9.5 out of 10. Um, I would have given it a 10 out of 10 if, say, there was one particular song, aka Isabella's song, even though I love the way it sounds and even though I love like the flow of it and how it's greatly animated. It's still narratively speaking a weaker point for me, but otherwise almost like a pretty like perfect movie for me. Like really nice. I really liked it. So I think everyone should go watch it. That's why. Legally and pay for it. Totally. Wink. Uh, actually, actually, no, don't pay for the movie, steal the movie and then just donate money to refugees. Thank you. I'm a <laughs> refugee. Donate money to me. Lil Sproul, what are your final thoughts about this movie? It made me hungry. <laughs> the. And uh, I, it, if I had to give it a, a pass, passing grade, um, we'll say one puppy to five puppies. I'd give it four puppies and a Bruno. How many puppies is a Bruno worth? That's a secret for only me to know. Yeah, secretive. Lucas, the person with a lot of infestation. Is that well, a word? I have a more infestation than infestation. <laughs> Rats um, on his back. Yes. Oh. Anyway, what are your um, final thoughts about this movie? I love the movie. I want to perform every single song out of the movie. Even Isabella's song, because it is my favorite. So um, I don't like your opinion. No, I'm kidding. I love your opinion. Um, well, nine different songs. That's nine different <laughs> possible performances. Although, yes, I could do that. Indigo Soho has already claimed um, surface pressure. Okay. He's learned it on piano. So we can either have you sing it while he plays it on a piano. That's an option. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about it. Ooh, I'll um, say Cerberus. Can I be Cerberus? One of you is already enough.
please follow Gender Subversive Entertainment in the city of Tokyo. We have the Casket of Horrors, March 5th at Russell. Follow them at House von Schwartz. We also have the Beauty Blender in Tokyo, March 20th. Follow them at House of Gaishoku. And we have a thing called the Kings of Tokyo. Mysterious, what is Kings of Tokyo? So Kings of Tokyo is a troupe that is of the mask variety. So we are looking for mask performers. We're going to attempt to do an online show in March, possibly end of March now because um, uh, the, the numbers and the way things are and life and things. But yes, though. So. That is going to be fun. Keep a lookout on our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram pages for future news. Stay tuned for the next Tokyo Clawsball podcast, where our guest will be the famous actor of stage and voiceover, Daniel Retton. My name has been Tatiana. Thank you, Mysterious. Thank you, Lil Spout. And thank you, Lucas. Everybody say bye. Bye. Good night, stars. Good night, moon. Abolish ice and um, get those children back to their parents. Thank you.